0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everything in between, welcome to Kevin Ant's Footy Rants as part of the Kevin Clifton Show. Um, so just to remind you all, we will be doing the normal episodes um, every week, as as we always do, about sort of performing arts and, and entertainment and stuff like that. Um, but we are adding these football episodes where me and Ant just basically argue with each other. And especially, obviously, as we're heading into the Euros, which is really exciting. We've had a couple of England games Um we're going to get into because me and Ant were obviously arguing last time about <laughs> Thomas Tuchel as Chelsea manager. There's some opinions, uh, there's some words that I'm eating um, this week. Obviously, I was very pleased about the result, but yeah, I may have got that one wrong um, for the first time. Usually it's Ant that gets it all wrong. Um, but also, it will, actually, let's bring Ant in first before we bring in our special guest. How you doing, Ant?
1: Yeah, I'm very well. I'm feeling, like you've just mentioned, Kev, I'm feeling very smug about myself. Um, I'm not going to go into it too much, but to say that I was right, 100% would be an understatement. Let's just leave it there for now. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. All right. The one time <laughs> they've right about something. Because no, normally yeah. what happens when we're having an argument is that is that like we'll just keep going and keep going and keep going. And then and I'll sort of leave it alone. Like, okay, that has been done now. And then I'll like an hour later, I'll leave him another voice note like, yeah, but another thing I've looked up some fact on, you know, it's on, on a Wikipedia page or on Google. But but you're saying he's good. And remember that thing he did like 15 years ago. So he can't be that good. And like, like I just won't let it go until Ant goes, yeah, all right, you may be right on that or, or something. But um, yeah, yeah, and I'll, yeah that's right.
1: that's now his stock answer. That's now his stock um, sort of WhatsApp reply. Yes, Kev, that's that's fine. I, I'll agree with you a little bit and then we'll just leave it.
0: Um, but to sort of um mediate a little bit and and probably to shut us both up because he's got like actual expert yeah. inside opinion because he was an actual footballer. Me, me and Ant fancy ourselves as, as footballers, I'm sure we could have been superstars. Um, but Ant probably just got injured or something and it, that stopped him. And I only realized I was left footed when I was 36. So, uh, <laughs> I was playing with the wrong foot. So, it was, it was never going to be for either of us. But we've got a guest on who was an actual pro footballer. He's played for Watford, West Brom, Bolton, Leeds United, Birmingham City. Um, but importantly, he's been involved with the England setup. He's played for the England under 21. So, he can tell us actually what it's like, you know, being in that kind of a setup. We've got Paul Robinson on the show. Welcome to the show, Paul. Evening, fellas. Do we call you Paul or Robbo or yep. something?
1: I'm not fast. Whatever. I'm not bothered. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> go, we'll, we'll go Robbo. We'll go Robbo tonight because I think, just just by the way, Kev, you're sitting with um, a lovely textured sort of paint behind you. I've got just a plain wall. And Robbo has got one of his shirts, which looks fantastic. But next to it is a shirt by Gareth Bale. So I think you know, we've got to just leave, leave that one there for now. He's, he's won already tonight. <laughs>
0: Listen Gareth Bale's a hero of mine after he scored for Spurs on the la- on the last day against Leicester to 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 guarantee us a top four place not that we needed it obviously in the end um <laughs> but um let why don't we kick off with like look England have been playing we've played a couple of friendlies we're heading into the Euros um why don't we kick off talking about the England squad our thoughts on it what we think we've we've got right? Any surprise inclusions? Um, and if there's anyone that we would have included that's got left out? Um, so yeah, Robert, what what do you think? What's your initial thoughts on the England squad and what chances have we got?
2: I think it's an exciting squad. When we look at it, it's very young. Um, for me, entertainment there as well. And but it's are we going to use them to our disposal? I know that when we always go into into major tournaments, we always. We always seem to go the experience route, don't we? We always chuck the players in that have, uh, have not, not quite got over the line when we've needed to. Um, but now we've seen that these young players that are coming through have no fear. And that's what I really like about the squad is that they're not afraid to, to go and get on the ball in dangerous areas and, and, they, and they're very attacking when they want to be attacking. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting squad. Yeah. Do you
1: actually... feel like, looking at the squad, Robbo, and Kev, obviously, um, do you feel, looking at it, that we're very sort of um, exciting and sort of from midfield onwards and then we just seem to have picked up four right backs chucked a couple of centre-halves in it, it doesn't feel as much as Southgate to defender, and that's normally he's, he's set up his set-up is quite sort of start from the back and go yeah. it feels like the defence is just sort of because the players have have got to be there that yeah. we've chucked these these five or six defenders in it, it, it doesn't feel like there's a tactic behind who he's picked at the back no, yeah, he, he always he
2: always goes defensively with the right-backs, doesn't he? We've seen that in numerous squads where he's always picked loads of right-backs for some reason. But we hear him in his press conferences, he say that they can play a three at the back as well. I like the inclusion of Ben White, I really do. Mm. Um, even though it, even though Trent does miss out for injury, which is a big blow because if we're going to play a four, then he would be the right-back for me. Even though James has, again, has been fantastic throughout for Chelsea, I really like him, Reese James, because, again... He's someone that has no fear and he, and he can defend and he can attack down that right-hand side. Um, so, yeah, Ben White, I think, has been a real a real good inclusion um, for the defence. But, again, who else is out there, really? When you look upon, could he have uh, brought Tal- uh, Tarkovsky in from Burnley? We've seen that he doesn't really go for them type of players in certain teams when he's picking England players or squads. Um, again, for me, he's a proper defender. He loves defending. So, could he have be been added? Uh, do we look at the ones who have just missed out? And I, I do, I feel really sorry for Lingard. I feel he's the one, James Ward-Prowse as well, them two, um, have really, they, they've been probably their outstanding players for their club throughout the season and for them to be playing in these friendly games. Let's just get this clear, fellas. I don't watch these games because I find them so boring <laughs> and there's not, there's nothing to them. I think if we are going into a major tournament, then why are you not playing your strongest team? To get us used to the players and teams we're going to come up against. Now I find it frustrating that you've left out the Lingards, you've left out the War Prouses, but you're going to play them in these games, and I, I just found that a little bit disrespectful to them.
0: Well, this is um I totally agree, and this is what I was texting you, Ann. Like while that friendly was on, I was like, I don't get why why we're playing these players. I think like with with someone like Lingard, I think like obviously he's he's been brilliant since he moved to West Ham. Lingard's unfortunate, I think, that we've got so many players in those kind of positions up front. We've got so many options. I think any other time when we didn't have quite so many options, he probably would have got in. Um, the, someone like Ward-Prowse, I think, is really unlucky. And we'll get on to... If, well, I'll park it now, but we'll get on to like, the whole Henderson thing in a minute. But, like, I think we've got great attacking options. We've talked about the defence. But in terms of, like, central midfielders, like, to, to sit in the middle there and not, like, inside forwards, wingers, strikers, you know, um, like, we're lacking slightly. And and I, I've never been a huge fan of Jordan Henderson. And and particularly now, I, you know, m- my opinion is I don't know if he should have gone with the squad and... and um, for Ward Prowse to miss out, I think, is really unlucky because uh, I, I, I quite like Ward Prowse as a central midfielder. But what I was gonna, what I was gonna ask you on that point about like the the, the build up friendlies and and rotating the squad and playing players that aren't necessarily gonna play, for you as a player, right? If you had, say, you've got a really important game coming up, whatever that is, whether it's the opening game of of, of a big tournament, whether it's an FA Cup final, whether it's just it's you know a six point a must win game whatever. Um, are you? Would you prefer to be rested in the build up to that game or get playing time with so that you're like going for it and in the zone? And and the reason I say it is like so I'm a I'm a performer I'm a dancer actor singer right. So I was in a, a show called Burn the Floor and we'd do like eight shows a week of, of this two hour dance show and it was a real slog physically. But if we had a really important Saturday night show where like someone important is in who, who could like take us to Broadway if, if, if they really like the show or whatever. On that Saturday matinee show, like a few hours before it, the last thing I wanted was a show off. I, I wanted to I wanted to be in that show on, on the matinee because by Saturday night I'm warmed up. I'm raring to go. I'm in the zone. But it seems like we build up to a big tournament, like a big first game against Croatia coming up. And I feel like half the players that are, that are going to play on that day, I would presume, are, like, are not even really playing in these friendlies. So like, what, yeah. what, what would you prefer? The rest or do you want to play in the build-up? I want
2: to play. I want to play yeah. because, like you say, it's that rhythm, isn't it? It's momentum. You're going into, we're going into a major tournament where we're, we're actually really excited. This, this could be our chance of winning something. So that momentum and that rhythm that you want to get going into it, you want to play. You want to play the, the last game going into it, the tournament.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't
2: want to be sitting there. I mean, you look at the, the lads that have played the Champions League final. We, like You ask them the question. They've had a rest. They've had a nice little rest. They've had a nice mm-hmm. little break. So why are they not playing a majority of the minutes knowing that they're going to start the tournament against Croatia?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'll ask it from uh, another point of view, then, because you've probably been in this position as well, Rob, where from a sort of managerial side, are you a little bit reluctant because of what's happened in the past? Beckham, Rooney, people getting injured, key players, and someone like Harry Kane, who is very much sort of probably one main player, and who's a bit liable to getting injured, a bit
0: prone to injury. Yeah,
1: yeah. If if you're if you're the manager, are you looking at it completely different? Because I know in your head, as a player, that's that's your mentality, and in, in watching you from over the years, yeah, you were always going to answer, "I want to play every game." Yeah. But now put yourself in Gareth Southgate's shoes. Do you, do you start resting players or are you still in the same mind for you as a manager? I don't think you can rest players, no, because if Harry
2: Kane wants to play, he should play. They should be getting And awesome. You tell me that if, if he's going to turn around to Harry Kane and say, Harry, look, I don't really want you to play just in case you get an injury. Well, that's Harry Kane. What about the others? The, one, the other ones that you're going to play? They're, they're in the same position. I mean, we're looking at Henderson and we're also looking at Maguire that are both in the squad and they haven't played. Mm. Henderson's not played since February and Maguire's not played for the last five weeks. Well, what's the risk then of playing them two in the, in the first game and they both blow up injured?
1: Mm.
2: It's it, you just you, you've got to, you, you've got to as the manager you've got to for me you just have to pick the strongest team that you know that you're going to start leading up until the Croatia game. That that that's that's my opinion. In the other game before that, yes you can have like your Lingards, your, your Ward Prowse's, because you've got to make a decision on the players that you're leaving out. So yeah. then that's the bigger headache for Gareth Southgate because he's given them players a chance to play in the games, like the Ben Whites. Right now, I'm making my decision on my squad. That was the time to play them all then in that game. Mm. Whereas now he's made it. He's made it look really bad on them because and and fair play to them by the way because they've been so professional in playing the games right. as they could have just gone. No, you're right. I'm go- I'm not gonna. Whereas it's your country, you want to play for your country. Mm. He's left them out, he's left them out at the 26 and he's played them in the game. I just found it strange mm. when you've got like, you've got the Chilwells, you've got the Mounts all back now. They needed to play to get the Champions League game out of their legs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's how I saw it as well. And... um and I wanted to ask, like, we're talking about Jordan Henderson, right? So you said he hasn't he hasn't played since February. Now, look, me and Ant will argue for the rest of our lives about, like, Ant really rates him. I have never been convinced by him. And, my like, to give you it in a nutshell, um, Ant thinks that he's sort of the engine of the team and he, you know, he's not the sort of flair, magical, make things happen player, but he's the player, go on, Ant, you, you do your... Yeah, In a nutshell, what
1: you think So, 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 I, I think Robo might help me out here. I'm hoping a little bit. Because, for me, Jordan Henderson is a player that footballers would have in every single team. Yeah. I, I, Jordan Henderson in his prime. And he, and he, when he's fit and when he's playing well, I think 90% of footballers who's played the game at any level would probably have a Jordan Henderson in that team. However, from a fan's point of view, just looking at it as a game... I think the misses his qualities because when you're not playing the game, you, forget, you don't see the guy who's running constantly for 90 minutes, who's closing down, who's talking, who's passing it sideways, who's going forward, who's going back. You just see the ones that score, you see the big tackle, and, and you miss that the way that Jordan Henderson is in a game. And, and I, think, I think from your point of view, Kev, I think looking at it, you don't, I don't think you see his values in a game.
0: I, no, I my, my point like
1: him, be wrong.
0: So, so we'll we'll put our two points to Robbo and we'll put it in the yeah. context of England, and then we'll we'll have a conversation about him, right? So my point on him is, I if I was Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool, and 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 he's fit, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, and I I think he fits perfectly within Liverpool's system under Klopp with those Liverpool players around him. He knows the runs that those Liverpool players make. He knows how to get the best out of. Those players, but pick him up out of that jigsaw puzzle, the Liverpool jigsaw puzzle, and put him in a different jigsaw puzzle. Like yeah. stick him at Chelsea. Does he? Do I think he improves Chelsea's team? No, I don't think he does. Like put him at Man United. Does he improve Man United's team? I'm not sure he does, and certainly not Man City's. Um, so my point of view on it is: when it comes to England, I admire him for Liverpool. But when it comes to England and you put him in a different setup, in a different system, different players, you've got to look at individually what are they like as a, as a player. Do I think that Jordan Henderson is vital to the England side? Me, me personally, no, I, no, I don't. And, and I think particularly the fact that we made the point he hasn't played since February. I just, for me, like it, he feels like one of them players that for me, he's been picked because you've got to pick him because he's Jordan Henderson which is what sometimes England does. Um, Whereas going on like heading into this particular tournament with the players available, would I put him in, would I have put him in the squad? No. And then, um, you know, what happened at the weekend because Roy Keane made a point, right? And we were laughing about it over text. And I don't always agree with Roy Keane. I know he's a bit sort of like tries to get a reaction out of everyone, but Roy Keane's gone, oh, but the, even if he doesn't play, the play, you know, we want him there in the dressing room, because he's Jordan Henderson. And Roy Keane's gone, for what? what why do we need him there? Does he do, does he do magic tricks? Does he put quizzes on for everybody? Like, why do we need him to be there to, like, to hold their hands or something? Like, like and, and if the if the point was because we need that leader, that captain leader of the dressing room that everyone respects, fair play. But what happened at the weekend? In the England game to me was not being a leader it was supposed to have Calvert-Lewin taking that penalty and he went and snatched the ball off it, off him put the ball down because he's the captain and he he made the decision he wanted he's never scored for England he wanted to score a goal so he took it off who should have been taking the penalty took the penalty and missed it and he's unfit yeah. like for me I go I don't think he should be there Robbo what do you reckon yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh I, I, yeah, no. They're, they're both they're both value, very valued points. And yeah, jo- Jordan Henderson is. I mean, he's been exceptional for Liverpool, hasn't he? He's their captain. He's their leader. He he um, makes some tick with his um, with the way that he plays. But I feel that England have better players than Jordan Henderson. I mm. think I think Rice is a much better player, in my opinion. I think he covers the ground as well. Not a lot of people pick up on what he does. He does all the dirty work. And when you've got the energy of Mount and you've got the energy of Foden in and around him. I think that midfield three is so dynamic and dangerous; it could cause a whole lot of teams a lot of problems. I don't see us. I don't want to see us playing a two in midfield. I want us to be an attacking team. I want us to go forward. I want us to hurt teams. Um, and I think we get the best out of our players when we do that. So Jordan Henderson doesn't fit into that team. If if that if that is the team of of Gareth, if he wants to go exciting and dynamic, then Jordan doesn't get in that team for me. But just because of the fact he's one, he has been out injured a long time. Uh, and two, there's better players who have played all season and, and been of a higher standard to what he has, and, and that's just unfortunate. That's mm. he's been unlucky with an injury. Yeah. But, but yeah, he, he doesn't deserve to be in the England squad just because he needs him around the place. I think that they have a real good togetherness without Jordan Henderson there. In my eyes, mm. I don't. I don't see. Yes, he's captain. Yes, he might bring certain elements to Liverpool's dressing room with what he does, but I just feel that the England squad that we've got—if you replace that with a J- James Ward-Prowse, um, mm-hmm. who's also technically like unbelievable on set pieces as well, his mm-hmm. deliveries on point—you've got that added quality. And Jordan Henderson's not a set piece taker, mm-hmm. so again, you've got that—you've got that argument. Um, Jesse Lingard, another one, but then you've got, like you say, he's, he's up against people like Foden, he's up against people like Grealish who have been standout performance for their, for their clubs throughout the season as well. Um, so it's been a real tough call, but yeah, the Henderson one was a strange one for me. And again, on that point yesterday as well with a penalty, it's that it, it's not a sign of a leader, is it that, and, and Gareth, Gareth admitted it. He didn't expect him to do that. So there's obviously problems there already with that situation.
1: Stick hmm. to that, just because obviously it's a, it's a story that was happening. Um, Obviously, I, again, people that have watched football will know how you were on the pitch, which is completely different of what you're off. But um, have you ever had a... a, a and I, don't, I know you're not going to it and you don't have to, but have you ever had a Barney in the dressing room when that's happened? So somebody's... took a, You know, then they've had an argument that it's been, the penalty's going to be taken by one player and then somebody comes and snatches the ball... What's the what's the mood in the dressing room like that when when it's a, a it's a normal team like at Birmingham like a Newcastle? You know, does it kick off in the change room afterwards? No, because the teams that
2: I've always played for, we, we've always had a designated penalty taker, so there's no arguments. That's it. You're the penalty taker in the story, no matter the manager picks it, um, the, the players accept it, and if the player himself who want, who's on the penalties feels that he's not feeling the best to take it, then he'll pass it on to the next person who's in line to take the penalties.
1: Hmm. This... So, so when De Canio sort of rolled around on the floor Trying to get the ball off Was it Lampard, wasn't it? For West Ham And ended up It was a three-minute sort of scuffle On the pitch in front of everyone um, And they ended up taking the penalty and scoring When he gets back in the dressing room Are the lads forgetting about it because he scored Or is it still going to be
2: no, I, think, I think the manager would step in I think Frank would have his say at the end of the day, who, the most embarrassing person is Di Canio for what he's done. So yeah. whatever Frank's tried to do, it's not his problem because Di Canio's acted like that. And the whole world has seen what he's done. So Frank Frank will just say, there you go. You, you're the one that's made yourself look an idiot, not me. Yeah, you might have scored the penalty, but it's the way you acted is the, is the worst thing about it. And then the manager will come in. And if the manager will say, look, I don't really... Look, privately, he probably... If he, hadn't, if he hadn't missed the penalty, then I'm sure there would have been a few Fs and a few blinders where, like towards him. Yeah. But if he scored, then you would expect him to pull the player the, the, the next day they're back in one-to-one and have a, a, and have a quiet chat with him, not to ever do that again. Mm.
0: You know, um, this isn't about England. Or, or It's sort of more of a general question, but I've, uh, I've always fancied like asking a footballer about this. You know, like, it's sometimes like as fans and, and you hear it a lot on like football phone-ins and stuff. Um, if, if, if a team's not in a good moment, like say they're just on a bad run of bad run of games. Um, Some of that gets thrown around, like fans will say, Oh, I think the manager's lost the dressing room. Like He's, he, he's lost the, the, the players. Like, is that just something that we say, or does that genuinely happen sometimes? Is that a thing? Or is it just like appears that way? Cause we're not playing
2: well. Can I think it, I think, yeah, I think it's a bit of both, really. I think sometimes you can manage decisions that you feel are probably not the right decision throughout the game, um, change the situation to, for, for the opposition, for them to get the better opportunity in what we're doing. Um, players themselves, no. Players, I mean, I've been, in, I've been in a few dress rooms where players are fighting each other just because it's our own faults and the way that we're playing is we have to stand up and be counted and it's not always the manager that you point the finger at. So, so, yeah, it's a bit of both, really. Um, it can happen. So, so yeah, I know I've, heard a, I've heard a few things about managers and, like you say, lost the dressing room. And, yeah. But I also think players have got to take a look at themselves and the way that they strut around the pitch and, and go through the motions. And they've got to accept that they're, the way that they play is not
1: acceptable sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think when um, Rob always finished his career completely, um, from managing and everything. I think that the answer may be different a little bit to what he's just told. Here. There may be a few stories <laughs> that may <might> come out. <laughs> um, we'll, we might have to wait 20 years before we get them. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so fast forward to Friday. Friday, Friday's our first game? Saturday? Sunday. 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 Sunday yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tournament starts on Friday, doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, Sunday's our first game against... Croatia. What's what's your first eleven for England? What formation and what players? If, well, if I'm looking it.
2: at if I'm looking at Croatia's team, I mean I flicked over to have a look at them the other day against um who were they playing? Were they playing at Armenia or someone like that? They were playing someone like that. Uh, and yeah, they were one. And uh they were terrible. So if I'm England, I'm going all at attack, so I'm going three four three in that game. Okay that's the formation I would like to see. I would like to see us on the front foot causing Croatia lots of problems and, and like you say, they're an ageing squad. Yes, they've got a lot of experience but I don't think they'll be able to deal with our with our youth and, and the ability that we've got.
1: Hmm.
2: You go, do you go pick for the net? No, Henderson. Interesting. Yeah, I, love, I really like Henderson and I think he deserves a chance now. Um, we've seen obviously Sam Johnson get his opportunity and he'd done really well yesterday Made made some great great saves. Saves. Yeah, made some great saves. And I think this is the only time I, I think I'll agree with Gareth on the three goalies that he's picked. Um, obviously, Pickford, we all know that he's got a ricket in his locker, but he's very good with his feet and he can he can play out from the back. Um, but I'd like to see Henderson starting the tournament, I would. And then my back three would be Stones right of the three, Maguire if he's fit, if not um, Ben White, but then I'd, I'd move them two around. So Stones would go in the centre and Ben White on the right hand side. And I'd play Luke Shaw, left side, left side of the three. Interesting. And then my, my, um, my um, midfield four would be Rich James and Ben Chilwell, just because of the fact is that them two, like, have got so much energy on the wings. They can get forward, they can defend. Mm. And then the middle would be Rice and Mount. And then a front three of, like, interchange of Kane, Foden and Grealish. That would be my front three.
1: Great team. I, I've, like I've team, struggled though. all day to come up with me eleven. That that's that's a great shout. That by the way with the two um two wing backs, yeah. yeah. That, I, I when
2: you watch them when you watch they don't play in a four they don't play in a four them two but they play like Chelsea obviously play the three so they they're used to the formation hmm. so it's, it's 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 great for them. Luke Shaw's played left side of the three centre halves. Ben White's played it for Brighton, so the players you have got to play know the formation. Rice and Mount, Mount against played in the free, And I think Foden, Grealish and Kane, I think you've got the most deadliest front three there. Use them. Use them against Croatia. Yeah.
1: What do so, you think of their Phillips? Sorry, Kev. What do you think of, uh, Phillips? Sorry, no you think of Phillips? Because I, 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 my team was very similar, but when I've watched sort of Rice, he's, he's been the last couple of months, he's been in and out because of Obviously he was out for a long time with his injury. Yeah, and I didn't feel like he had came back to the player he was before he got injured because mm. he walks into the team for me when he was just before he got injured. Whereas I've watched Phillips all season, and he's unbelievable. His engine's brilliant. He can pass. He, he I think he's underrated to be honest, um, yeah. because he's playing for Leeds. I think uh, that could be what it is. Um, I, I, I would be, I would be pushing to start Phillips in that role as well. I mean, I, yeah, I might be way off there, but. What's yeah, no, I he's, like? You say he's
2: had, he's had a great season, Calvin. Um, and again, fantastic that he's involved in the squad. Um, but again, I would probably just go for Rice more. They've been around in and around the top four, he's the captain of West Ham, he's their leader, isn't he? And yeah. him and Mount, yeah. best mates. So they both know each other as well, like the back of the hand. And I think when you've got them in the team, they both will bounce off each other. I mean, you could even have interchange because you could have Mount bombing on a Grealish so you've got rotation in there as well if, if, if Mount's bombing on then Grealish will drop in next to Rice because he'll go deep and get the ball so Foden's the same that's why I like it like that is because them two can actually drop into one of the two spaces in midfield as well
1: yeah mm.
2: I just think with Croatia you've got to move them around you've got to move them you've got to be quick you've got to be decisive I think if we sit back and we let them get, dictate the game we know the qualities they'll hurt us with Modric and players like that they're, they're they're dangerous, but I just feel on the front foot. First game of the tournament, let's just go for it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I have one more question before Kev speaks, because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't let him speak for a bit. In your opinion, this is just for England. Hmm. Um, Ford and Mount and Greenish. Yeah. Who, who is yet? Who is the one player that you would pick out of the three if you had to use one? So the most important one of the three, because the three of them are unbelievable. But yeah. Which one would you go for for England, not for the Premier League, just for for a tournament? I think in at this moment in time, I'd I'd probably say Grealish
2: out of the three, just because of the way that he just glides past players. He he's always he he draws fouls. He he's constantly getting fouled. He's so confident on the ball. It's, it's ridiculous. He is, he's he's like Gascoigne, isn't he? When you watch him, he's like Paul Gascoigne. And if, and he will, he he will look, like you say that one moment in a game he could change it just from him alone. But yeah, I mean it's such a tough question because the other two have been outstanding. Mount and Foden, they've had unbelievable seasons. But yeah, Grealish, I think it's just the way that he runs with the ball and the way that he dictates play. He's just like you say, so comfortable, isn't he? Dangerous. Yeah. Mm. I'll be the
1: him. You? You know, they were
0: talking on, uh, I, was, were, I was listening to 606 and, and you know, the, the football phoning, and one of the big questions were, that they were debating was like, does Grealish start for, for England? And I, I just thought, what, like, why would he not? I've been talking not? about not. Yeah, why are we even having a conversation about it? Like, do, what do you mean, does Grealish start? It's like one of the first names on the team
2: sheet, surely. Yeah, I think in a lot of fans' eyes he, he is, isn't he? He's gone from that 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 person that again he was linked with Ireland, wasn't he? Is he gonna play for England? Is he gonna play for Ireland? Um the same with Rice, but he's been he, he's been unbelievable, Grealish. I mean, he has been outstanding. Yes, again, he's someone who had an injury towards the end. But we've seen over these games, these last two games, what type of player he is. I mean, he's he's just an incredible player. He is an incredible player. I like him a lot. Even if I am like, even if he does play for Villa,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you get stones thrown at your, story, your wind is for seeing
2: it,
0: <laughs> do you think we'll see him somewhere uh,
2: else next season? Um, no, I, I think because
1: because Villa
2: are in the Premier League. I don't, I don't think he needs to move just yet, does he? Unless he's ambitious and he wants to play Champions League football. Mm. Um, we might see him at one of the top four clubs. Who knows? But it's money in it, money talks now, and, and they have an valuation. Obviously, Villa have brought this Bondier who again is, me, what a player he is, by the way, um, the Norwich player. So is is he a replacement for Grealish? That's the question that everyone probably yeah. be thinking now, because they both play wide left. Um, they cut in, like do you know what I mean? It's yeah. I think I'm the only one who's picked up on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that will be interesting. But if it's both of them in the team, and it, and and like you say, he plays on the right, and Grealish plays, they, they've got an exciting team next year,
1: Villa as well with them with them in the team. What about the um, two Dortmund guys? Because obviously you've got first hand with um, Jude. I right. mean, I think you probably brought them up, didn't you? Um, Coaching-wise, um, probably had a lot to do with them. Yeah,
2: no, I helped Jude out. Yeah, with, with obviously the coaching, uh, again, outstanding talent. I mean, except for someone who's 17, he looks, he looks about 25, 26. He just looks so mature. When you watch him play, he's elegant. He's comfortable with the ball, both feet. He's 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 athletic. He's great in the air as well. Um, so yeah, I had him actually in a four-three-three three as well. If we were going to play four-three-three, three, he would be the third midfield, midfield player with Mount and Rice, and then the, and then the front three again would be the same: Foden, Grealish and Kane. I, 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 you've got to play. I'm not having Rashford. I'm not having Sterling at the moment. I, I don't, I don't think that they've proven to be first picks, in my eyes, when you watch him, even for when they play Man City, he's off the ball. Sterling, right uh, Rashford, again, he's decision-making shocking, in my eyes, with what he does. For someone who plays European football and, and for Man United, don't get me wrong, he's a, he, he is a fantastic player, but he just makes the most horrendous decisions on the football. And I, and I, I just can't quite work him out. What, what sort of mood is he in when he's playing? Um, and if you're comparing him to someone like Grealish and Foden, then them two start ahead of Stoddard and then Rashford.
0: Yeah, interesting.
2: What's your what's your
0: 11, Kev? I'm so, I'm so debating mine now. I mean, when, when, just
1: because Robbo said something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to do what Robbo's doing. Um, I, 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 was write, I was writing down, like, my... my I went four three three, 3 3 And so I went... I did go with Pickford in goal just because... I feel like we've played so many times now with with Pickford in goal, you know, and and my thinking was yeah, like good with his feet. We were texting about that during the the game, um, and just having a new keeper get heading into the tournament. Like, I feel like it's too late. I feel like you, the defense need to be comfortable with who they know is behind them and, and what, what he's going to be doing and what he's going to be shouting at them and stuff. And it's almost like, I felt like it was too late to, to sort of start, even though I, I do really like Henderson. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really, I hadn't even considered like um, Johnston. <laughs> he, was, he was brilliant in, in the game at the weekend. They made that amazing save. But um, yeah. so I, anyway, I went with, with Pickford and I went, um, the back four of Chilwell on the left, um, I went Walker on the right over Reese James. I know I'm a Chelsea fan, but I still like um went went with Walker. Um I think if we play 3-4-3, three, three, I think it's definitely James as as the wing back. But I yep. don't know, I, I don't know why. But like I went, I went with Walker. I feel like defensively sometimes Reese James doesn't maybe it's just because I watch Chelsea all the time. I feel like sometimes Reese doesn't get back quick enough. He wants to be going forward all the time. Um and then in the if, if we're assuming that Harry Maguire, if, if we take him out of it, because I believe he's not going to be ready for Croatia, um, I went Stones and... What did I say? I think I put Mings. And then... You're not into Mings at all, are you? You're not having Mings. I'm
1: not having him at all. He's one of them players that talk a lot and point a lot. in right. play. I, I see it the other day there was a pass back. He wanted it to go out because there was a player injured. And he's playing for England, by the way. And he switched off and completely forgot that the game was going on and he's just looking elsewhere. And the ball's literally wandered past him and then he scored off it. I hate that. I hate... Defender needs to be on, literally, constantly. I just feel like he's got a mistake. And I'm sorry for interrupting.
0: I mean, I mean, if Maguire's available, it's it's Maguire and Stones. But um, without Maguire, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking Mings, Cody, White... I sort of don't know. I just went with Mings, um, and then for the midfield three, I had Rice, and I actually put like Rice as like the holding midfielder, and then two central midfielders in front of him. I actually went because I'm thinking attacking. I actually went um, Mount and Foden, Foden just to wander forward into like a number ten position. Uh, but yeah, Rice, Mount, and Foden with then a front three of like Kane, Grealish, and then this debate. Like I was looking at Rashford, I was looking at Sterling, Sancho, and that—that's the position I'm not sure of because because I would have said you know until about a month ago I'd have said Sterling and then it just seemed like Sterling hasn't been the same player. Then I would have said Rashford, but watching the game at the weekend I, I wasn't convinced by him. And Sancho, I don't know, I don't know what to think about Sancho. Everyone talks him up. Everyone talks about Sancho as being this sort of wonder kid. Man United want to sign him for 100 million, or you know, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And I sort of want to get behind him, but then every time I've seen him play, he never really impresses me. He never, he never. Maybe my expectations are too high, but I, I, I never, I never watch. I've never watched Sancho in one particular game and gone, "He's a real talent." Not in the way I have Grealish or Foden or Mount yeah. or you know these players that we're naming. I'm always impressed by them at some point. Whereas, I, yeah. So, I don't know. Kane... So, so I'm, I'm reassessing at the moment. But, I, yeah. I think before the game at the weekend, it was Kane, Grealish and Rashford. Yeah, now I don't know. But then
2: also, when you're looking at that, though, is, again, it's another great point, is when you go with England, we don't play to our players' strengths. Mm. So, we, we don't play to Rashford's strengths, which are all over the top, running behind. It's all, when you when you watch England... It's tippy-tappy, play around the back, play around the back and then go through the middle, which we rely on Rice, Mount, players like that. We don't play to Sancho's strengths of what he's doing at Prussia Dortmund, Rashford's strengths that he's doing at Man United, and that's putting the ball over the top. Look, their pace and power. Mm. We
0: don't
1: do
2: that.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's a fair point.
1: You see see Rashford pulling in quite a lot, like you just mentioned, and and he he literally receives the ball and has to give it back to a defender, and Mm. I I feel like... Sometimes, and that because I'm exactly what you said, rubble before about Rashford. I, I've gone off him quite a lot for the way he's decision making, surrenders, like you say. But I don't think he's got much of a choice when he's playing for it because he's either legging it after something that's been clipped over the top accidentally because it's not a planned ball, or he's literally having to give a one two back to the defender. So yeah. you're right in what you say there. It, 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 it's, it's tough playing in He should be off the forward or on just coming in where Greenish has been playing but yeah. he's not going to get in there now is he? <laughs> no. and, the,
2: and the one thing as well I have got to mention as well is like what's going to be interesting now is Kane Kane when we've seen him at Tottenham this year is he doesn't play up top mm. he, he's always dropping deep so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what England players get in behind him now because we're going to need options
1: up top Yeah in, in, that, in that sort of another problem I think we've got because there isn't any Shearer's anymore there isn't a uh, 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 the sort of player that'll an Andy Cole, someone that'll just literally walk about for 85 minutes and score two goals because the ball's dropped in the box for them. Yeah. I, I, Kane, obviously Kane's a goal scorer out and out, but I, I just don't feel like we've got that 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 center that old fashioned center forward mm. who players get probably really annoyed with because they're doing nothing. Mm. But the fans love them because they get a hat trick in the last three minutes. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they've touched is, the ball three times. Which is Vardy but he's retired.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask that. I was I was just going to say, if Vardy had made himself available for the tournament, would you have taken him?
2: 100%.
0: Yeah, I would too.
2: But, he, but with Vardy, though, he, he wants to play. You've got to play yeah. him. Uh, and then who do you drop? Who do you take out of the team? Do you play Kane? You've got to play Kane and Vardy together. So yeah. now you're missing out on a midfield player. Yeah. I, I thought... when I uh, you've got that many players
1: I, up front midfield. <laughs>
2: yeah well again it's like there's so many options isn't there i mean like you say we could bring we talk about all these teams that are exciting and we'll probably see the same old faces we'll probably see sterling we'll see rashford we'll see henderson we'll we'll see them players and and it and it will be a shame because Mm -hmm. we want we want to keep moving forward now as a country and we're just wasting these we're wasting these young talents if we if we're not going to use them then what's the point in taking them you might as well just take a an experienced group of players that are going to be happy in their last tournaments, knowing that they're not going to play as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas you want these young kids now biting at the bit, get me, get, get me playing, get me playing. I want, I want to go on the biggest stage and i to prove myself.
0: Yeah. And we, we've got, um, in, in terms of the strikers and that as well, like we've got, we've got so many options and, you know, and players that were left out and stuff. And we were talking before, uh, like, okay, you talk about Vardy, but he's not available. Um, and I know you obviously love Callum Wilson um, he, he's, he's not there. Ollie Watkins, he didn't make the um, he didn't make the final squad, did he? And and obviously Calvert Lewin's in. One player that I thought was unlucky um, to not be involved was Bamford. Bamford, I don't think I Bamford could have make... been given a look. Just the way he was playing at the end of the season, as well. Like he was just coming into form, really. Like, what do you what do you make of Bamford?
2: I think when, when you look at someone like Bamford, is it... <sighs> No one really knows what type of player he is, does he? I mean, when when you're looking at Ollie Watkins, he's pure pace. Kane's the top goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, Calvert Lewin, again, he's got that physical presence with Bamford. I mean, he's in a great leagues team that's scoring goals, but he's looking at Calvin Phillips, but you're not looking at Bamford. I I just find it strange. I don't know. I don't know what why he's not been added to have a look at. Mm. Um, whether there's some issue there. again, you no one knows really, do they? No one really knows. But it would have been nice to see him playing some of the friendlies just to see how he copes with international level football.
0: Yeah, and that and that was the thing. Like I I I got annoyed when when I saw the um provisional squad, you know, before they cut it down. Like, I was like, we've got four keepers in the provisional squad and and Patrick Bamford, they're not even gonna have a look. Like to me, that just seems silly. Like yeah. surely he knows. Like, I'm going to take three keepers. And, like, how often does the second keeper get used, let alone the third keeper in a tournament? So, like, did we really need to bring a fourth keeper along for that provisional squad and not have a look at someone like Bamford? To me, that seemed weird.
1: Yeah. Do you think sometimes, Robbo, that the managers can be a little bit um, dismissive because when the media and when the fans are all sort of shouting one player, it's just that little bit outside of the group, like a Bamford, do you think the manager can just sort of think, "No, this is my team. This is my decision. I'm not. I'm not going to be forced into picking someone that's just going to be on the periphery kind of thing because yeah. the media is telling us to." Can that happen? Of course it can. He, Gareth, he's probably
2: got in his mind the squad that he what he sees best for him. Um, but it was it was crying out to give Bamford a chance. He's proved himself. It's like everyone else who's proved themselves; they get the opportunity. Bamford's he's well in his right to. To be upset with not being given an England opportunity to to show Gareth what he's all about and that he can score can score goals on on the high stage. Yeah. It's just I, I don't get it. I don't get the selection sometimes. I don't get whether Gareth listens to the people that are in and around him or whether it's other influences behind the scenes, at other football clubs. I don't know, but yeah, it, it seems to me that it's the squad. And it's every squad. It's not just this squad. We've seen it before. It's we either pick injured players. We, we always put them in the squads when they're, not, when, when they're definitely not 100% or when they're definitely not 80%. We always give them same players a chance instead of giving the players an opportunity to prove themselves. I've had really good seasons with their clubs.
1: That's it, Kev as well. We haven't got that player. Sort of, you know, last fifteen minutes, Robbo. If we're playing in a quarterfinal or a, or a, you know, a, a vital game where we're winning one 0 and it's a really hard game, but yeah. you need you don't want to be taking. You know, you don't need that forward anymore. That's it's just there to score goals. You need someone that's going to graft. And I felt like Bamford could have been that player because of the graft that he does mm. during the game, and he's still he's still able to get up front and hold the ball up and lay it yeah. off or whatever but he, he drops in and he, and he, and he batters defences. I mean, you, you, you watch probably more than I do, but he's constantly in between every defender coming back and forward. And, and I felt like the last 15 minutes of a tournament, that kind of player could have been vital just to keep okay. a hold of the ball, just to do the running, let the midfield get back in. And now you've got Harry Kane, who's going to be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. And he'd be knackered after 75, 80 minutes because I, I never feel like Harry Kane can last the full okay. game doing what he does. But then, but then he's like you say he's picked Calvert Lewin probably to do that. Yeah, supporting him. Yeah. Mm.
2: He's looked at his options of right comparisons to. I've got a Calvert Lewin now that I know that we he can dig in and he can run around, knowing that the quality might not be up there to hold it up. But I know that he'll chase uh, lost causes. He'll 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 put his foot in when he needs to put his foot in. Um, but again, you you always want that one play, you know, that could score a goal, couldn't you? Just take the pressure off, and yeah. that would be yeah, an Ollie Watkins or a Bamford. Mm. Um, and they're both
1: not going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and before we get your eleven, I, I just wanted to ask Robo something on your selection um, for for your centre halves. You went with White over mm. um, Mings and Cody. Um, yeah. What? Um, tell me what? Wh- wh- why? Why would? Why did you go with
2: White? I just really like him Like watching him. He's had a, he's had a fantastic season with Brighton. Um, he can play centre midfield as well. So he can play in the centre midfield position. He can play uh, centre of the three. He can play right side of the three, centre half in a four. I just, I just really, I just really like his versatility. He's very good on the ball as well. He's a good pass of the ball. Um, he's useful. He's, he's very quick across the ground as well. So, so yeah, no, I just, I just like him. I just, I think it was a good decision to put him in the squad, losing Trent, Um so, yeah, I, I had him in there just because I, I just found it the right balance of of stones in the centre with him on the right and Shaw on the left. I just, it, it mm-hmm. I like the balance of a left footer. And that's no disrespect to means, but he does make too many mistakes. Right. Um, he he risks too many things on the ball. Uh, he, he just, yeah, he, he's just not up to the standard of what the other players are in front of him that I picked. Mm-hmm. And Cody as well. Like Cody's been brilliant for Wolves. He's a, he's a great captain and leader as well for them. But again, it's we're going to a major tournaments now where will the pace and the, and the type of player that he's coming up against, will he struggle with that? Because he has struggled when you watch him with Wolves. He has struggled with that pace and directness of other players that are quick and fast.
0: Okay,
2: yeah. And then again, we're, we're talking about someone like Stones who's been having a shocker and he's only just come back to form again with Man City, which is great to see because all players go through these... These periods where they where they they do it, they have they have parts of their career where they're not going to be at their best, and there's going to be criticism flying at them. And um, yeah. but it's great to see him coming back strong now. And but he's not going to have someone like Diaz playing next to him. That's the difference with Stones.
1: Yeah, that's true. Exactly, exactly. Or a keeper that can run fifty yards and yeah, <laughs> tackle and yeah, and can, can play, and can play like Fernandinho out from the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. See, now we've got Pickford. You know that Pickford thinks he's that though.
1: Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, but he well I, said, I, I said patterns. this to Kev. I said this to Kev off here, Um, And I can remember a lot of the players, a lot of people I know up here that, that were at Sunderland at the time when Pickford was there. And they used to play him in centre midfield. And the Nets, so during the youth games and reserve yeah. games, he would play in centre midfield. And and this is coming from three or four quarters. And they all said that he was the best midfielder Sunderland had at like, youth level. Yeah. Um. And he's a keeper, do you know? So to be fair, you're going to be decent if if this coach is saying that in a professional club, yeah, you could have probably made it as a midfielder as well. But I don't yeah. think he was. I don't think he was cut out. I think I think Jordan Henderson is the typical goalkeeper that everyone goes. What's he doing over there? That kid standing in the corner, headbutting the post and kicking. Do you know what I mean? He's one of them, isn't he? He's brilliant. <laughs> but this is this this is why I've gone for him. So I've gone. Go on, I've got three at the back. I've gone Pickford and nets just because of the other night his his, his distribution was unbelievable. And I think, and Robo, you might disagree with this here, because obviously you're the one that's got the knowledge, but I think between Henderson, Pickford and a couple of other keepers, I think more the majority of them can do roughly the same thing at that level. So you yeah. know it saves to be made. I think they can do that. And I think when you've got something different, like Pickford's sort of distribution, I think yeah. that that for me is the is the catalyst to, to change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when, I, when you watch the kid that was in nets, and I forget his name, Johnson, the other That's night, true. he kicked the ball out at least four or five times in the first half, in the same second half. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is, in an international game, and especially a tournament, you're on the back foot with yeah. no need, where Pickford's setting, he's, he's literally assisted a couple of chances just by looking up and picking, picking one, so that was my that was my thinking with that one. Um, I've gone with uh, the same is, is probably use so I've gone Stone, Maguire, and Walker at the back, and then James is a is a right wing back, and Trippier is my left wing back. And Over Chilwell? He's, no, I've went, for, but Trippier, and I didn't. I would have had Luke Shaw because me and you obviously have had that that sort of thing, and Luke Shaw and Chilwell both similar, but Chilwell might watch. No, but since I've watched Trippier, he reminds us a little bit more of an Ashley Cole kind of, um, sim, actually similar to Robbo, where it, it's something different in that mindset is to to make the tackle first and then look. Yeah. And, 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 and that's what I like about the, the defenders sometimes. I don't want them to be nipping in at the last minute so they can play a ball over the top. I want them to defend and then look at passing it. And I think Trippy has done that brilliantly since he's came back, and that's probably to do with his manager because he's that kind of player as well. Simeone is a horrible, you know, get your foot in first and then look to do whatever you need to do afterwards. And, and I just I think that his form and the way he's played in the last couple of games, he he would get the nod for me. And then um, if, I was told, if, if, go on a minute,
0: if Maguire's not fit,
1: I'm stuck because I hate. That's a, that's horrible. I'm I'm not saying hate because I don't hate the guy. I don't know him. I don't particularly enjoy watching beings. Um and I, and I feel like you've both hit the nail on the head well, with, with Cody I think he would struggle playing playing either side of his centre half um, which so, is which is means that you have to have John Stone as your main defender which puts us in a little bit unease. so I'm, I'm struggling with that if Maguire's not fit ben White. I think Cody would have to come in I haven't do you know what it is I haven't watched Ben White enough so I, I don't want to I, you know, obviously, Robbo's said that he's really good, but I'll be lying to say that I've watched him enough, so I, I, I couldn't put him in for that reason. Just, just because of that, so I'd have to go. Cody. Um, the one thing I like about Cody is he's got that Stuart PS, um, Paul Robinson kind of attitudes <laughs> where he's, you know, you're going to get, oh yeah, you know, you're going to get that out Definitely, of him, yeah. And I love that. Like when I'm watching England, and you, you know, Kev. England. I prefer England to Newcastle. To any like I'm an England fan first, and oh, then a football yeah. fan after. And I and I just want the England players to, to feel like what I feel like when I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that so that gives us a buzz when I watch someone like Corey scoring a goal and screaming like because he's overjoyed. That I want that rather than Rashford scores and he wanders off. It's, it's yeah. not the same. Um, so you've got um,
0: Trippier two wing backs, on the left Trippier and, and on the right. Yeah. And Stones, yeah. Walker, and... Maguire or Cody. Cody. Okay. It's yeah. like if we assume and then, Maguire's not fit for the first game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cody's there. Um, yeah. And then I've got Mount, Mountain Foden in the middle, just in front of Rice. Um, yeah. Gr- Greenlish would, would have a f- completely free roll between that, that sort of midfield and the attack, and I would have Kane up front by himself. So. Now, I've gone four... Complete. Obviously, you you two thought about it tactically, and I've went. I just want. I just want to see these guys be together. That's all I've gone for. Ooh. So I'm, I'm. I'm all out of attack. <laughs> this is this is why I've, I've uh, i I should never be a manager.
2: <laughs> so I think it's just, it's it's strategy, though, isn't it? When you when you pick the teams, they're going to be totally different games. Scotland game is going to be our toughest game. So I think that would be that would be the time to probably play a four against Scotland. Yeah. And then and then obviously the Czech Republic. I, I don't know, know much about them, um, what their squad's like, but I'm assuming they will probably be like a Croatia, they'd be hard working, um, but no real no they'll have no real quality compared to Croatia. And that they'll be the two games where we can play the three.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And I and I think I think looking at Croatia as well, a lot of that players that were the player in the finals, um, was it 2018 now? Um Retired, so you've only got probably Modric that you're looking at thinking, yeah, that's he can do some damage, but other than that, Rakitic is out. Um, Manzukic, he's retired now, I think. Um, the two wingers that were playing there out, so so I feel like that's not going to be anywhere near as hard as what we're thinking because of the, I mean, you've obviously hit the nail on the head. Um, my worry, I'm I'm pleased you mentioned that because I've said that to a couple of people in that laughing at this. And I've said Scotland's were hardest game, mm. just because of the way Scotland will they'll be playing two hundred percent instead of a hundred percent against us. Yeah, well they've had, they've had a fantastic um, end to the
2: like you say the, the tournament, getting qualified, are not they? And and they've got stronger since Clark's been in there, so they're, they're going to be a massive threat. They I, like I see them doing really well.
1: And underdog story with them, I think they might go through yep. in the in stages. <laughs> Is, Talking about that, um, going on to teams that you think could do well, um, what's, what's your sort of predictions, both of you, for sort of top four, like semi-finals, finals? Um, who do you think is going to be there or thereabouts? Should I go first, Kev?
0: Well, I sort of don't know enough about all the teams. You know, like sometimes you're going into a tournament going and, and you know sort of all the players of like, if you think of some of the Spain teams and some of the Italy teams and Germany and and, and, and stuff like that, I sort of don't know quite enough about the squads. I, I suppose the one, it's really obvious, but it's difficult to look past them, is France. But mm. like if, if you're looking at like a front three of, you know, Griezmann and Bappe and Benzema, yeah. and then that's a pretty good front three. And then you've got Pogba behind them. And, you know, a lot of people aren't into... Pogba, I, I think, he's a class player at Man United. He's even better for France, um, and, th- and they've got Pogba and Kanté, and then you know at the back they've got you know the likes of Varane. I just they've got a hell of a team. Um, so I mean, it's difficult to look past France as as your winners, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I'm going. I I, I still fancy Belgium, me. Belgium, yeah. Belgium, are the, Belgium are the team to always keep you right. Holland as well. Watch some of them the other day. They, they, they flipping. They look good, Holland. I mean, they look youthful as well. Um, Depay is obviously in great form. Um, so yeah, I, I, I fancy Holland. Holland, yeah, Holland and Belgium and France. I had they were the three for me. But like you say, the group that that's the group of definite France, Germany, and um, and Portugal. So one of them, one of them big teams is going to miss out. Yeah. So that that will be a good sign for uh, for England. One of them dropping out, but like you say, yeah, them three. I'd like I'd like to think that them three would be in the semi-finals.
1: Mm. crossed, Germany will be out.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Germany, like they're, they're always almost always good, aren't they? I know they got knocked out in the last tournament, but like, um, I just feel like with Germany, e- even if they turn up with a squad of like new players that we we're not we don't really know that they. they still somehow always pull through to like a semi-final at least, like apart from the last yeah. World Cup. But like just yeah. you never know with Germany, do you?
2: No. Nah. They're a team in transition at the moment, aren't they? They're having a, a proper rebuild with mm-hmm. getting their getting their younger players through again. Like you say, their their twenty-threes just won the tournament, didn't they? Right. They won the under twenty ones won the um, won their Euros. So again it looks like they've got a lot of young, exciting talent coming through for the next one. Mm. Um, but this one, again, I don't really know too much about their squad, but they are, they're rebuilding, aren't they? So I would probably say that they won't get as far as what we normally see them. Right. Um, France, again, I know France, but their defence is always not the best, is it? Um, they'll always struggle with conceding goals. Uh, and
1: and, yeah. and I feel I feel like France are always that team that, they can turn up and be fantastic but they can also have that meltdown in the whole squad and And, and it's weird because you know there's, there's certain teams there may be one player in on that team that you can sort of single out and get rid of them or whatever. France yeah. seem to have nine or ten players that will just turn on the whole team and then that's it they're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And they've done it a few times now haven't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. So that would be, yeah. be an interesting one. I, I, do, I do fancy and they're one of my favourites France but Belgium again I really like Belgium I just think they've got that there's no, there's no real egos in that squad. They're all a real tight unit, and they all work hard for each other. And they've got some,
1: they got some talented players in that squad. One good thing is that Jones now is on the coaching staff in England, and obviously he worked Martinez, for Martinez, wasn't he? Yeah, Martinez in, in Belgium. So he, hopefully you'll know a little bit if we do end up playing against them, Definitely. we might have an inside, <laughs> inside track on them. Yeah. So. One more question about the Euros. Who do you think is going to be the standout player for you guys? I think I think Grealish has, oh, okay. has got the
2: potential to stand out for England, 100%. Um, again, looking at the individual players, to Depay, for Holland, he, he's someone that excites me because he's got, again, fantastic ability. Didn't see the best of it at Man United, but we're seeing it now. What a good player he is. France, I mean... You just said that the five players there. I mean, Kante, he's just—he's here, there, and everywhere, isn't he? He's just a—he's he, an unbelievable player. I love watching him. He just like he runs with a smile on his face. It's that bad. I used to run blowing. I used to run blowing hard. I did. Flip me. I used to have to stop and have a breather for a bit. He just runs. He runs smiling. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you look at Griezmann, could be a match winner for them. Benz, Benzema. Mbappe, them three excite me. Like even just saying their names, you just get off the edge of your seat because they could be so dangerous throughout the whole of the tournament. So yeah, but for me with England, if I'm looking at England, I'm looking at either Grealish or Foden. Them two players that are going to be stand out for me. Mm. But how much will they play? That's my that's my question. How much will we how much will we see them in the team? Yeah, be every game.
0: Also. also um... Mason Mount's going to score. At some point in the tournament, he's going to score at least one. 100%. Yeah, he'll score. Yeah, sure. But I, I, I've i just... Yeah, I've got a weird feeling that it's like it's like going to be the... As far as England are concerned, it's the Grealish tournament. I think Grealish is going to look great and I, and I, I think he's going to get signed at the end of it by someone like City or United or someone are, are going to come in for him. Mm. It's
1: got it all written all over him because he, 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 it's just his attitude and, he, and his... You, there's just something about him that, that makes you a lot of players probably sorry a lot of fans especially when he's playing for Aston Villa he's one of them players you want to hate you just mm-hmm. want to hate but then when he's in England every single player every fan every England fan have just gone Greenleaf has just got to start yeah. the whole lot I mean Rob was mentioned it before obviously Aston Villa but you, you, that goes aside and you just go nah you need to be yeah. playing straight away it's, it's a yeah. definite isn't it? No I no, mean well I want but
2: that was when I played for Blues that was always that there was always going to be that that divide and that friction there but no I, I really like him as a player such a good footballing player he's got great footballing brain draws fouls I mean he's clever with what he does he gets his body in the right positions um, yeah he's just he, at the moment he just looks like he's the type of player that could eventually unlock England's failures to get any further than the semis yeah
1: I, I hope you're right I hope you're right yeah. Before we go on to the Champions League stuff, Kev, just Rob Robert's still here, I think we need to ask him this because he'll, he'll hate this question because he'll get it a hundred times a day, I would imagine. Right. But give us give us your um top three players he played with and top three players he played against. Just a little, just to give it a little feel, because we're not footballers, we like to know this kind of thing. Yeah. Um so I'll probably say top three would be Jonathan Greening,
2: Kevin Phillips and it's gonna be a close one between Jack Wiltshire or Gary Cale, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, Jack Wiltshire. There'll be they'll be my top. Really? First. Yeah, Jack was class. At such That's- a young age, he was so
1: good. So good. <laughs> you, you've <laughs> absolutely crippled Kev there because he's like he's gone on at me for years about Jack Green. Oh, not having God.
0: Yeah, like obviously look, I don't I've never played the game properly, so like I, I you know, may, maybe I don't know, but like Wilshere was was always one of the, as a fan, was always one of them players that I was constantly told how good he was. Mm. And I think I saw it you once. He's
1: again, by the
0: way. hey, eh? <laughs> Yeah. He's
1: again, by the but way. <laughs> I think I
0: actually saw it once in one like sort of great goal for Arsenal. Um, mm. And... When he was there getting picked for England and everyone was talking him up, he's the, he's the next Paul Gascoigne, he's all of this, and I wasn't having it. I was going, I don't get why everyone's banging on about Wilshere. And then remember when we, I was so like that about him, a bit like when we argue about Henderson, like we got to a point where, remember the Iceland, of course we remember the Iceland game, everyone remembers the Iceland game, when it was just dreadful. And at half time, I was raging, you know how I get, and I was raging at halftime, like, come on, we need to make a change, do something. I can't remember who it was, but we had some options and I was going, bring on this one, bring on that one, please bring on. It could have been like Rashford or someone even, like might have been really young or yeah. like someone like that. I was I was like, just bring on them, just have a go at them at least. And you could right, we're coming out for the second half and we're bringing on. Jack Wilshire, and I remember throwing something and going, We're going out, we're going out to Iceland, we're going to get knocked out because Wilshire is going to do nothing. And then we went out, so please tell me about Wilshire because I'm just like, I never was, got it. He was so
2: good, he was so good. obviously injuries have um, hampered his career. Um, and he's and he's, he's not, he's recently come out, isn't he? After the season, I think he's he's considering retiring. Is he? Um, yeah, just just because he's had some real bad injuries and I just don't think he's recovered properly from them and, and, and he's obviously feeling the pain when he's still playing. Um but yeah, he was he when he came loan to Bolton, he was 19 and he was he just ran the place like literally, you give him the ball, he'd he create ha- havoc. He was just so strong, powerful, his legs were like little like he had legs like messy, just stocky. Um he had that he had that gravity as well, that balance where he just glided past players and yeah, he was so good to watch in training, and even in the games. I mean, he changed games for us just by giving him the ball. Mm. I just think he's just been so unlucky with injuries. It's just not the stuffing out of him, and he's just lost that yard of pace. And obviously, that it's confidence isn't it. When you're a footballer, and you get you get injuries, and you were once that player that everyone talked about, and so now you're not that player again. It just hits you. It knocks it knocks the life out of you. So, yeah, I think he's just taken a battering. His body's taken a battering.
0: Mm. That's the difference, isn't it, Anne? That that's that's everything I was hoping you were going to bring to this chat, like an inside bit of knowledge. Like that, me as a fan, I sit there and I just don't understand. But mm-hmm. then for someone who's like played with these players and can yeah. see it right from like up close and yeah, you know, playing with them, it's it's so different, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Crazy. What about this? Is this is what I'm excited for? And I'm 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 not sure if he's going to mention the guy that's on his wall here, but he could. What's the three players best players he played against? Gareth wasn't at that level just
2: then. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he, was only, he was only still a youngster then when he was coming through. Uh, Ronaldo. Um, so he'd be the top one. Um, I'd say uh, Steven Gerrard and Paul Scholes.
1: For <laughs> <laughs> I love you even more than <laughs> I already did because you've mentioned two players in them six players. Kev here, but the, let's not say here it's because he no. doesn't. As a player... He doesn't yeah. get Grealish
0: and he doesn't get Grealish? Gerard.
1: We- no, no, Wilshire. Sorry. Um, Wilshire. No, no, Wilshire, no, 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 no.
0: Sorry. No, be careful when we're saying the Gerard thing, right? <laughs> you know my opinion on Gerard. My thing with Gerard, right, is that for about, for, <laughs> we, we go back and forth on this. My thing with Gerard is that for about a two year period, two or three years, I would quite happily have said he's maybe the best player in the world right now like for about two or three years. But then for me, there was a period of, I am maybe exaggerating in terms of timeline, but let's say like about six, seven, eight years after that, where he was nowhere near that level ever again. And to me, he was one of them players that like, like we tend to do with England, like we'll, we'll stick around with a player that yeah. we have seen be brilliant and we'll just stick with them and we'll continue to say how brilliant they are when actually they're not the same anymore. And and some players get that treatment where you can never say a bad word against them. You can, like, they just get treated differently. Whereas, like, as a Chelsea fan, I saw, you know, the likes of, and you can sort of understand why, but the likes of Drogba, um, what's his name, who was an absolute um, nutter for us, uh, Diego Costa.
2: Costa, yeah.
0: You know, players like that. Will get ripped apart. They'll be like, they're brilliant, they're brilliant, and then a year or two later, they've lost it all. They're just a madman. They're this, they're that terrible. Ah, oh, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be blah blah blah. Steven Gerrard. I'm, I know I'm ranting now, but like Steven Gerrard, for a couple of years was like he's the best player in the world, and and I wanted him to come to Chelsea. I was like, he's amazing, and he nearly did come to Chelsea, didn't he? Like apparently he considered it and all of this, and then he changed his mind last minute and he stayed. Blah 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 blah. And then there was a period where, like he, he he was talked up as one of the best players in the world, and for me, he just wasn't. And he was like, he would give the ball away. And it's like sort of every 10 matches, he would play one pass that was one of those big diagonal balls, and it had land at someone, and they'd go, No one in the world can play a pass like Gerard. And it'd be like, Yeah, but he only does it once every 10 games. If you look at the rest of the game, he's giving the ball away. He, he's, he's getting sent off he's not he, he's having these shots from 35 yards out and he scores one a season but he does it all the time and misses by a mile as well and like okay we've all seen the 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 FA cup final goal unbelievable right but then <laughs> but then there was the, it got to the stage where it was like remember that game he came on as a sub he'd come in back from injury and it yeah, was yeah, like, Liverpool, Liverpool are bringing on Gerrard at half-time because they need a goal. And he came on, two-footed into someone, got sent off within about 30 seconds. And he was off the pitch, and Liverpool ended up not winning the game. And afterwards, he went, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have gone in as hard as I did. And all anyone could say was, what a gentleman of the sport. What, like, everyone should hold him up as a role model and of how to be in the game. Just what, a, like, everyone should bow down to Stephen Gerrard. And I was going, if I was a Liverpool fan, I was raging at him right now because he got sent off. He mistimed it. He got it wrong, left us in the lurch. We didn't win the game. And then when Liverpool was supposed to win the title that year, what happened? Nobody slips now. Nobody slips. Who's the one that fell over? Stephen Gerrard. They lost the title because of it. And then there was a, a tournament oh, in sure. England. There's a tournament for England where I was having the exact Henderson conversation with you, Anne, where I was saying, I know he's Steven Gerrard and I know how good he's been, but right now I don't believe he's good enough to be in the England squad. And everyone went, what are you on about? He's Steven Gerrard. And I went, that's my point. That's why he gets picked. And then he gave the ball away and we conceded a goal and we got kicked out of the tournament. But I do agree for about two years he was the best player. (laughs)
1: That was a proper rant, Kev, that, mate. Yeah. So, so, Robbo, can I just ask you, after all of that, yeah. that Kevin Clift didn't lose any shit there, um, how good was Steven Gerrard, by the way? <laughs> he was the, he was the <laughs> That's why he's in my top three. Like, literally, one of the best players to ever play the best game. Best For it, a yeah.
0: couple of years, yeah. But if you take over his whole oh. career, he was no Frank Lampard.
2: No, but yeah, but they were totally different players, weren't they? Frank Frank was more of the, he was the goal-scoring midfield player, wasn't he? Gerard was the, he was the creator, the dictator, wasn't he? I mean, he was, he made Torres, Gerard, he made Torres the player that he was. And then look at, look at what happened to Torres when he went to Chelsea. He, he never had that, because he was playing with someone like Frank. Frank was never the one that was going to lay the balls onto him, because Frank was always the one that would score the goals. So that was why it was... Like, it just worked so well, the Liverpool connection with Torres and Gerard, just because they had that connection and Alonso, to be fair. He weren't bad. It's
0: um, amazing, yeah. But yeah, well, no, Gerard
2: I mean, skulls Skulls for me was the best midfielder out of four, all three of them anyway, so mm. he was, he was just the joke he was and he was just so, he, like the great thing about Skulls was he just, he just got on with it and he wasn't bothered at all. He never, he never wanted the hype. He always went under
1: the radar, but oh my God, what a player. Jeez. This is, this is always comes from professionals. I think that always, nearly every professional you ask that's played against or played with Paul Scores, he's always in that top three. Yeah, Regardless yeah. of who they've played for, Paul Scores always seems to be there. And, and the, I think Paul Scores is a perfect example of a player that my new fans would have in, but not yeah. many other team's supporters would have in that top three. But mm-hmm. every single player mentions him. And is it because you know the game and you know how hard it is to mark him, you know how hard it is to pick him up, yeah. you know how hard it is that when he's got the ball, he's got three yards before you've even turned round yeah. and it's like you had him on your shoulder and all of a sudden he's five yards away. Yeah. One of them players, isn't it? But
2: he's, like When you're watching midfield players, he was five seconds ahead of every other midfield player. Yeah. He saw the pass five seconds before the ball even come to him. He knew straight away then that, well, I've got one over on my midfield player. He's not going to get anywhere near me because I know where I'm passing it already, and that's how good he was. He was like a goal-scoring midfield player as well. He chipped in with goals like tap-ins or rockets. Mm-hmm. He just had that all-round, all-round ga- game about him where you you just had to stand sometimes and admire how good he was. Was it Zidane who said it as well? Someone like that said. Yeah. When they were asked who's the best player you played against. And was it, it was or? um in the as well, did he? In Yesterday said if there was one player I could sign, it would be Paul Scholes for mm-hmm. Barcelona. Wow. Wow. But, uh, yeah. And
1: Robo's got him in his top three. Yeah. Uh, how how sore are your legs the day after Mark Ronaldo, by the way? He's Wasarer. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, oh that's good. Yeah, he was, he was, was <laughs> the thing is the first time the first time I played when you played against him, he was this 19-year-old skinny kid who'd just come over from sport in Lisbon and he just did not have a clue what the Premier League was all about. And he was rolling around, um, he was doing all these stepovers, not getting anywhere. And then the season after he just the difference was it was a it was a joke. It was scary to see. How his body had changed. He like physically got stronger. His mind, he was thinking differently. He, he, he was going right foot, left foot. Not uh, not so many step overs, Not diving around and bullying defenders. I mean, yeah, that just the difference in one year was 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 a joke. Like just seeing him, and 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 you see why he's still playing and the player that he is today is because he's he's the ultimate professional, isn't he? With the way he looks after himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Ronaldo or Messi.
2: Ronaldo for me. Yeah. Um, two fantastic players, but I, you, you just got a, Ronaldo's been to three different leagues and been the top score, goal scorer in three, three of them leagues. And yeah. he breaks numerous records, but I mean, it's just so hard comparing the both because they are the two best players in the world. And it's just, it's going to be a shame when we see them both retire because who are we looking at to, who are we ever going to see
1: get to them levels at the same time? Yeah, yeah. We don't do it. We don't. I don't think we do. I don't. I, that's that's the that's the biggest pity about the next generation because yeah. I just don't think them to exist anymore. Mbappe, that's, that's it. Mbappe? I, 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 no, just I, I just don't I think about
2: Mbappe, Mbappe needs to move. He needs to like Paris Saint Germain. It's it's just an easy league, isn't it? And it's an easy team to be involved in. They, they these players need to be going and challenging themselves like at Real Madrid or Barcelona. Yeah. Or a, Like in the Premier League for like a Man United, a Man City, that's when we're gonna. That's when we're gonna know if they're gonna be the next world's best players because they're playing in them teams. But Harry Sanjivan, just a, they're just wasting. They're just wasting the
1: talent. Yeah. Shame. It's a shame that someone like that is crossing to be. I would love to see them. In, sorry, France. I would love to see them in the Premier League. But yeah. even
2: Neymar, we look at. We're we comparing Neymar. Someone like Neymar the years that he was at Barcelona, we were like, oh my God, here we go. This is the, he's the next best thing. Yeah. Now, now look at him. He's, he's, he just, no one talks about him. No one talks about him. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's weird, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Go on then, and say your piece. About, well, I'm just, I, before and...
1: Robbo goes, because I know, we, we told him half an hour, and he's, I know, he's and we've hugged him,
0: because we both got excited. Yeah,
1: to be, to be fair, I love having him on. And, and the one good thing with Robbo is you're always going to get honest answers, and and that's why why I'm going to make sure that he comes on again. But we'll we'll <laughs> not keep you for an hour and a half mate, I promise you. <laughs> the misses will be going crackers. But I'll just I'll just play you this little bit here because so for a few three or four weeks we've we've went on about uh, Mr. Tickle at Chelsea there, the manager and how much Kev sort of wasn't buying into him. And as you've heard, Robbo, he's quite passionate about football and. He gets into it and Frank Lampard's his hero and, you know, um, you can't say anything about Frank Lampard. Anyway, this is the message that I got about two, three minutes after the Champions League final. I'll just play you guys it now.
0: Hey, I can barely talk right now. I've been screaming my head off. But I want to have two plus babies. All is forgiven. Don't listen to me. Don't ever listen to me. Because
1: champions of Europe, we know what we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> all is forgiven. you want to have his babies. I mean, that says it all, doesn't it, Robbo? Uh, it's, uh, well, you gotta eat your own words sometimes, don't you? you do. <laughs> we've
2: all done it, we've all said things that we regret because they'll always come back and bite us <laughs> on the bum and that's definitely one of them. <laughs> No, but what, I was, what I like about Tuchel is, is that he's um he's very switched on, isn't he? Tactically, I thought, um, leading up to it, he obviously was having a bit of a pickle with the team because they wasn't getting the results. and Like I say, he just managed to get in the top four in the end. Um, but they'd beaten Man City three times, so he probably felt that he, again, would get one over on them just because of the fact is is that Guardiola was thinking about what team to play against Chelsea and he didn't know what he was really going to do. So, no, but I really like him as a manager. I just think with the Frank Frank Lampard, I just think it was too early for him. He did, he did a great job with the transfer embargo um, and I don't think a lot of managers would have done what he did. He gave the youth a chance, which doesn't really happen much now in football. So, he gave the likes of Mount his opportunity. Abraham, them players, Rhys James, we saw them coming through and, and doing really well. Even Tamore, again, who was for me, should be at Chelsea still because I think he's an exciting talent. Mm. Um, I just think it was just too early for Frank. I think that he maybe should have stayed at Derby for another year and developed more before he got the opportunity to go back to Chelsea because when you're a legend at the football club and you've been the player but you're not quite yet that top, top manager, mm. there's always going to be consequences, weren't there, if it didn't go well and fans would jump on his back. So... Yeah, no, I know I like Thomas. I, I like him a lot. I, I think he's an intelligent guy and it, and the way he sets the teams up sometimes, he, he always, for me, looks like he always changes the team to always outdo the opposition. He never sets them up the same way, but he's always thinking differently and that's what I like about him.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah. No, even, I mean... when he makes
2: the changes, even when he makes the changes, they're always tactically better than the oppositional team when mm. you watch sometimes.
0: Hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm really happy with him right now. We just won the Champions League, uh, yeah. and I, I honestly I didn't think for one minute we were going to win. Even though we'd beaten City twice, it was different situations and different teams, and that, and and I just and the way that City were playing in the build up to it, they looked amazing, and the way that we were playing, we looked terrible. Like we we just, you know, that we limped over the line into fourth. You know, we, we had to beat Villa on the last day, and we got beaten. And we were relying on Spurs to beat Leicester, which, you know, thankfully happened. And the way, you know, the game before against Arsenal, like Arsenal have been terrible all season. And then, you know, we we got beaten by them. And I just felt like he kept playing Kepper in goal for, for no reason. Like, it, it just, it seemed bizarre to me. I was so like, I don't know what's happening here. I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. And then he went and won the Champions League and he's got a new contract out of it, hasn't he? Um, so... Obviously, I'm really pleased right now, and, and I think winning the Champions League puts us in a different position in terms of signing players now in the summer as well. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's Chelsea, in it. So in a year's time, he probably won't be there.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I, I think I think he'll I think he'll go on and do really well. Though I do, I, I, when you watch I, the players love playing for him, you can see that with the celebrations at, at the end of the Champions League in the changing rooms they all look like they respect him they look like he's, he's one of the lads with them yeah. and I think that's always a good sign when you've got that chemistry I think it always goes it always goes far in football
1: mm. yeah
2: but yeah like you're going to see the likes of Giroud move out aren't you like the ones who've been there I think Abraham needs to move on I don't think he's the type of striker that he wants yeah. um Ver, verna will he stick with him again it's I think he'll give him probably next season to prove his worth but He's not the player that they've all that he's lived up to yet. But again, it's difficult when you move from a different country and a, and a different league. It's so hard to adjust to, and and the price tag, so much pressure on your shoulders to to develop straight away and and to get into the flow of the Premier League.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But I think he will make him click. I think next year they'll be they'll be pushing for the for the for the league next year. I do. I believe that they'll be up there next year. I do as well. Yeah, I do, I yeah. do as well. I think he'll buy well in the summer. I think
1: he'll buy well. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, I hope so
1: yeah yeah well, I, well I'm I'm not too sure that I want that to happen because it'll be it'll make my life a misery if Chelsea <laughs> won it every week I tell you that um Robert just before you go can you mention your um your coaching your mentality and business now because I know we've spoke about it off air hmm. um but obviously you've got you, you, you explain what you're doing actually it's probably easier
2: yeah, so obviously in lockdown, I set up my own business called the uh, Paul Robinson Sports Mindset. Um, so it's based on my career, uh, all the ups and the downs that I've gone through, um, different scenarios, and it's to help sports people. We all go through it, even it, people in life. We all have we all have ups and downs, and people to talk to. So so yeah, I set it up on that basis was to be um, to be open to, to help people who need to have a chat. Um, to guide them through different scenarios in, in elite environments of, of, of how to cope with the pressures, social medias, um, being left out, the, the transition into, uh, playing to coaching. So what it was like for me when I was going through them, how can I help them change it? Um, uh, having a different, a different mindset, thinking about different things and, and not getting to negative. So yeah, I try, I try and try and be as positive as I can and, and yeah, just try and help as many people as I can try and get through difficult situations.
1: It it sounds simple as that, but I've, I've obviously spoken to Robbo and, and, and known him. Um the guy is is phenomenal at getting things across to you and, and talking about things that he's went through and you know he's touched on it a little bit, but it's a lot more in depth than that. And, and I think anyone that's got kids that are that are listening now that you know might be being released from a club or anything, getting in touch with them on Twitter and I'm sure Robbo will, will, will reply straight away because he's that kind of guy. But you know, problems like that it's fantastic having someone that's been in the game to then be able to give them advice as a parent because these kids, 12, 13, 14-year-old, they're getting so much pressure now um, to, to be world beaters. And it's not just in that industry, Kev, is it? It's, it's in your industry as well, sort of, as, oh, as yeah. an actor, as a dancer. It, 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 there's so much pressure now on, on young people to, to be the best and there can only be one, yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and
2: that's... that's and that's the real that's the real issue, is like you touched on it there. It's everyone wants to be that best, that that one, but it's not possible sometimes. It's just being it's being you, it's being yourself. Take the pressure away from yourself in, in just enjoying what you do and, and do it with a smile on your face. And you get further. People don't realize that they will get further if they're more relaxed, they're enjoying it, they're taking their time, they're getting the like you say, the quality better than the quantity. Um, and it just helps so much just being positive.
0: Mm. mindset is everything visualization
2: fellas visualization is key
0: yeah yeah mind oh, mindset, you're talking to
1: the you're talking the converter up there by the way
0: yeah yeah 100% i'm i'm well into that yeah i just think like fix fix your mindset first before yeah. before everything and then like other things will fall into place i think
1: yeah definitely
2: yeah definitely
1: but like this is obviously before we go obviously I <laughs> thanks so much for joining with Robbo um and i think Kev Kev, if you want to see a goodbyes, because I've got something to leave your your listeners with before you go. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks everybody. But thanks, Robert. I really appreciate you coming on the um, coming on the podcast. I've I've absolutely loved it. I, I, I've loved the the insight and just we're, like we've we've kept you far longer than we said we were <laughs> going to because I think we just got excited. So we really appreciate you coming on. So thanks very much.
1: No worries, Kev. My pleasure. Cheers, Robbo. Um, yeah, so, um, Kev, I'm just going to give them this again because they might have went for a cup of tea or something when I played it the last time, <laughs> but we need to hear it again. I'm, I'm so sorry, mate. Good night, everyone. <laughs> hey,
0: I can barely talk right now. I've been screaming my head off. Well, one want two close cool babies. All is forgiven. Don't listen to me. Don't ever listen to me. Because champions of Europe, we know what we are.